I am fired up. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship! Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Burrow. Looking for a block, and he got it up in the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skip! There's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ballgame. guys it is another hey episode of pardon the punctuation i am aaron smith joined as always by jeff howell except for last week and also joined by the self-proclaimed best producer in the city at mayhall oh, yeah. gentlemen hey, I guess you what a crazy weekend of football had some had some highs had some lows for the city but I think we have to start once again with the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, you want to start with the Bengals? I do want to start. I mean, we're all we're all wearing the Bengals hats without even telling each other we were going to wear the Bengals hats. We sure didn't. Um, but it was a another just dynamic performance that this team is starting to get very used to from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase as the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs at home to clinch the AFC North. And they still have a chance with that win of clinching the bye and the conference, essentially. So what were your thoughts as you were watching on Sunday this nail biter of a game as it came down to literally as the clock ran out. I mean, I think it goes a lot, a lot uh, back to what we've talked about all year that as long as Joe is back there and they've got the weapons that they've got on offense and the culture and mentality of this team is where it is now and not where it used to be. They're not out of any game. And yes, I realize who they were playing this weekend. But I was, I mean, it It looked like it was on the verge of becoming, you know, we've said it before earlier this season, there were some games where it looked like it was about to get ugly for the Bengals. Uh, and, it, and in some cases it did. Uh, but I think they've kind of shown more the uh, ability to take the next series uh, as a fresh one and only build on the positives and just kind of forget about any negative things that occur on the field and that's what's led to us having an AFC North championship team in the city of Cincinnati well I know we talked about this earlier this season when the Bengals went into 
Baltimore and won a game or when the Bengals went into Pittsburgh and won a game and not just won either of those games, but won those games pretty handily. But do you think either of those games or is this the game that's a bigger turning point for this team to really and truly build off of as with both of those previously mentioned games, they did turn around and kind of choke after those wins. Like the moment, this was, is, like the moment was too big for them. Right. I think this is the, the game that we build off of. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't expect to to beat Kansas City. I thought, you know, Travis Kelsey was going to go off. Um, you know, he's in his hometown. Thought he was going to go off. I mean, and, and he started to did the nice UC down the drive in the over yeah. there in the in the end zone. But uh, cool. But um, yeah. I mean, we were down fourteen nothing early, and uh, I mean, they came they came back. It, it was an amazing game. Chase just played lights out, lights out. Well, I, it, it was a rookie record set on Sunday as he did pass Chad Johnson as uh, the most yards in a game for a rookie receiver for the Bengals as he finished well, with... That was the most yards in a game at all. Uh, was it at Bengals, all? For a Bengals receiver. I believe okay, it's I thought, at all, yeah. It, it, it's I thought also it was the NFL rookie record. Okay. There were lots uh, of records. There were lots of records that were broken. Um, so that put him uh, 266 on 12 catches, or I'm sorry, 11 catches, 12 targets, uh, three touchdowns. The long was that 72-yard catch and run that he had, which was, God, that was, he just outran everybody on that particular particular play. Um, and I, I think I saw somewhere that he's like 13 yards shy of the Bengals' season record. Um, yes. Now. 29 th- yards, maybe. Some, I it, think it's there needs to be a runner. I think there needs to be an asterisk by that because this is a 17-game season as opposed to a 16-game season. Okay. But- All right. You you bring this up, so I have to I have to clear the air. All right. There was a tweet that went out, and people were you know they said Jamar Chase, you know he broke the the rookie NFL season receiving record. To which I just commented on it and said. And he did it in 16 games. And then some folks came from my neck. And they were like, so did Justin Jefferson. So I was only, they were like, this is the first year 17. And I I get that. I was just pointing out that there shouldn't be any kind of, you know, asterisk or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Because he did it in 16 games. He didn't need the 17th game for that particular record. For many of the records that he has set, he it, obviously if he gets the Bengal se- single season you know record, obviously you know maybe they put a little like next to it, which is fair enough. Uh, and but, I mean yeah. they won't because it is yeah, it's seventeen now. I mean, it'll just say seventeen games on that same stat line as opposed right. to sixteen games. Um, same as like back in the day when there were only ten games in the season, then there were twelve games in the season. Um, so, I mean, Things the change. NFL has evolved. Absolutely. But I, I had, some, had some folks that were trying to, like, you know, make it out like I was an idiot that I didn't know that this is the first time that the NFL's played 17 games. I'm like, no, oh, hold on. Like I have that. a podcast, sir. Yeah. yeah make sure you say that. <laughs> I have a podcast. Make sure you say that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, anybody can have a podcast now, I guess. So it's not a big deal. But, um, 
And then I didn't realize, I guess, like, Odell Beckham only played, like, three games the year that he set the record. So, like, no, he only, I think he only played 12 games that year, which is crazy. That is wild. It's wild. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think that it's now you have Joe two games in a row where he's just set these crazy high standards for himself. It was 525 last week. This week, 30 of 39 for 446 and four scores. I mean. You, you can't absurd. tell me. You, you can't. You, you cannot tell me, especially with the way that he carries himself in post-game press conferences and anytime he speaks to the media that he didn't, you know, see some things on, on the Twitter sphere. That said, like, oh yeah, he you know he was playing against you know whatever defeated Ravens backups off the practice squad guys from like the grocery store or whatever they were trying to say who playing for the Ravens like who cares and they're saying like oh whatever he did there it doesn't really matter it doesn't make you know it's not as impressive and then he turns around and goes the next week like you you can't tell me that he wasn't trying to I five hundred again oh for sure yeah. um. Yeah, I mean, but it's not like he didn't. It's not like the Bengals didn't have the same type of an outcome against the Ravens. If we're going back to that game, right. the, sa- the same, the same Ravens team with the actual starters the first at time the begin- they played at the beginning of the year. Right. Correct. So I don't know. I'm not here for any of that. But I don't know. I mean, I think this is quite a statement game as it does come against the 11 and and four at that time, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Now 11 and five. I don't know that anybody expected what happened with Kansas city at the beginning of the season. And they came on after the beginning of the season and have been lights out since then. They melt- start like three and four or something like that. It was, it was not good. Uh, people were talking about did Patrick Mahomes lose a step. Did the league figure out Patrick Mahomes? Um, whatever the case was, they have since been on fire until they ran into what's now becoming a buzzsaw in the Cincinnati Bengals. So I want to go back to a conversation we had earlier this season uh, when we had chat on, is Joe Burrow a top five quarterback in the league? Because I don't think I look so crazy anymore. You, you don't. <laughs> Do, Is there shade? anyone else right now? Like, who would you take over Joe over Joe Burrow? Aaron Rodgers. Uh, for I how long? Let me tell you something right now. And, kind of and this, is re- this is some this is some recency bias, obviously. But I'm not rocking with anybody but Joey B. I don't That's care fair. who you I don't care who you give me. Give me Tom Brady. I don't care. I want Joey B back there. I'm saying it right now. Well, I mean, like, especially if you're building a franchise, you know, you, right. you're not gonna do that with an aging Tom Brady. You have what, maybe one or two years or uh, until he's fifty eight. Who and knows? That is that is that is no knock on any of those other quarterbacks that are top tier quarterbacks. All I am saying is A, Aaron was right, B there's not enough of a drop off between them and what you're getting with Joey B right now. Well, and people were talking about at the beginning of the season, Baker Mayfield being a quarter better quarterback. People were talking about is Joey Burrow even better than Tua? Um, I, I think that at this point you can say that the Justin Herbert comparison should be over. Um, at least at this point in time, unless Herbert continues to grow. But I will say that I think prior to this season, Herbert had better weapons around him anyway. 
Now let me yeah, give you let me give you this money. other ridiculous take that I saw today on on the Twitter sphere because that's where all the smart people are at. <laughs> <laughs> there was a tweet that tried to diminish Burrow's abilities because he was older when he came into the league than anybody else. Like just because you're you know an older person that you should magically already skip all of like the the rookie learning curve well if that's the case then stay in college i don't know what to tell you like he was he didn't have an opportunity to really get I mean, on the think, field i still think that's rather dumb it's that it's silly that, I mean, that it's a, take it's doesn't a, make sense poor take there have been plenty of quarterbacks that have waited around waited their time to make their debut in the nfl and been you know 27 28 30 whatever and flamed out I'm, I'm i'm positive at this point that chopper of red shortstop thanks clay you probably you probably do pretty good I, i'm positive at this point i think he's got an eidetic memory like I, I i don't think he forgets anything i think he just recalls everything he's able to recall he read the reads that he makes the way he breaks things down afterwards when you know questions of that nature opposed to him is well you saw a treat you saw when they did the the christmas gift video uh in the locker room and he has a chessboard right by his locker apparently joey Votto's a big chess guy too so i, I think a lot of athletes are big chess guys i don't think that that's actually true i think that a lot of upper tier athletes are big chess guys not that's the fair. guys who are you know, yeah, just okay. these middling <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> what about seventy-year-old referees, Aaron? Do you think they're big chess guys? I think they're they're more pinochle. Pinochle and maybe shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. <laughs> shuffleboard. I, I just I don't know who that who was. I tagged you in it. Somebody, tweet, somebody tweeted out like, "Why, why is there a seventy-year-old man?" It was Boston. Was that was that during the Bengals game or was that during the Bearcats game? I can't. I remember. don't know. I just immediately went, <laughs> kept scrolling. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that you got me so derailed with that. <laughs> I just get so <laughs> mad about older referees. Ugh. Um, so what do you think the ceiling is on this team? Because I did see something, uh, somebody else had, had tweeted this somewhere and what the actual context was. I, I don't even know of the entire tweet, but they brought up the fact that they believed that Cincinnati was doing what they're doing right now about a year ahead of schedule. I think we've talked about that on, on numerous occasions this year. Most people, so too. most people had the Bengals at the bottom of the division this year, roughly around three or four wins. Um, clearly, that's not the case. And I think it was in relation, that particular tweet was in relation to drafting Chase over Sewell, um, as people still are arguing about that, which is un just a wild wild ride if that's if that's still the hill that you're willing to die on i mean i really haven't paid a lot of attention to like how sewell's been doing i know at the beginning of the year it sounded like maybe he was like having a rocky start and then like he was doing all right i, I don't know but i can tell you this he's he's not catching passes for touchdowns and racking up yards and making that kind of he's not blocking enough okay and maybe t higgins or tyler boyd could uh, Obviously, they're they have that capability, but I I don't think I still think you know I went back. Obviously, I sent you guys like 
clips from that episode because I went back to listen to like what we said on our Bengals super fan episodes. Um, we were all team chase and we all had a lot of the same takes. So, okay, you know, maybe Burrow's going to have to move around a little bit more. They don't fill in the line. We've had some injuries to our line again. Like it is what it is, but you don't, you don't pass on, on a, a talent like Jamar Chase because no, of what I, he's been able to open up for the rest of the team. It, I, I don't know that T Higgins and, and Boyd or even, I mean, Mixon's good, but it, the threat of having somebody on the outside that can do what he did on that touchdown catch where he, he catches the ball with like 11 guys in the opposing uniform surrounding him and he just makes it work and then runs away from everyone. Um, I don't know. I mean, you had both T and Tyler Boyd here last year. Uh, if you go back into the off season, they did make a move for Kenny Galladay that didn't pan out. And quite honestly, thanks Kenny. Cause I don't know if the Bengals draft Jamar chase, if they do end up signing a Kenny Galladay. Uh, but, this was what I what I was talking about anyway all offseason. I know you guys have heard me say this, but it goes back to the reason they went after Jamar Chase had everything to do with coverage sacks from last year when A.J. Green was supposed to be the guy opening up the top and making the safeties have to you know, be that guy dropping on a second person so that it opened up things for your slot guy, for your number two, uh, because they, let's not get it twisted. They're still double teaming Jamar Chase, and now he's actually catching those contested catches. So Dude, some of those ca- the, surreal, I, like the one, the, the, so like the third and 27 catch, obviously like back shoulder rotates around and then, you know, gets <laughs> the extra four, gets the extra like four yards he needs. Completing third and 27. Let's talk about that though. That's just, that's not what we're used to. We're used to third and 27. Yeah. We're just used to punting on fourth and 28. Or right. fourth and fourth and fifteen. I mean it, that catch, and then the, I don't, I don't know when it landed. It was, is it, it might have been that drive earlier when he caught the ball, and then scared me a little bit by holding it out in front of him, <laughs> one handed, yeah. taunting everyone. Uh, I think it was actually earlier on that drive. I thought uh, he was reaching for the first down. I didn't think he was taunting. I mean, he was already so far past the first down at that point. I think, I think it was. I don't. I wouldn't say. Okay, in this NFL, it very well could have been a taunting flag. Um, oh, look at that! Uh, but I do want to go back to one other thing. Um, Kenny Galladay this year. Ed, it's Easton, not Easton. I can't make the um um this many touchdowns. I think I think it, we did all right not picking him up. I think he might have been hurt because he's only played in 13 games, it looks like. But he's had 34 receptions for 499 yards and no touchdowns. Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that he's got a quarterback that may not have a starting job next year. Oh. I'm, so, so there's that. I'm just putting out the, you know, had, Actual, we, had the, we been able to get him. The stats that okay. are there. And and maybe maybe he comes here and he's got Joe Burrow throwing to him and you know it's different. But I, I still don't know 
that you pass on Jamar Chase? No. Especially like I, said, I mean, when out. you look at when you it know what you out. know now. Right. Right. It all worked like, out. And that's not that's not something that we're used to is things actually working, working out. Working out. Well, <laughs> let's talk about working out when you look at the the Hendrickson pickup, you look at Riley. I know Riley got hurt, like, but right. he was he was still working out. Uh, mm-hmm. Eli Apple. Uh, no one saw that it, one working out. Chidobio Awuzie, like that. Mike, he's one of the highest rated cornerbacks in the league. Mike uh, Hilton. Mike Hilton. All all of these things that they have done. You know, even, that, even some of the picks that are starting to pan out with Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. Uh, some of the guys that they've picked up, even uh, that we're filling in, uh, the one linebacker who got injured, I believe, against the Ravens. Um, uh, Bocce. Yeah, like th- he was even working out. And when linebacker's been a place that we have struggled, and you see these just yep. free agent signings in the middle of the season that just you insert them in, and all of a sudden it's still clicking. We're again, we're just not used to that. And so, McPherson. Uh, th- th- well, McPherson, I did go back and I, I did go back and look at our our talks. We were all hyped about the McPherson pick. I don't think anybody bashed it. Uh, Aaron actually referred to him as JV Justin Tucker, and I think he might be Varsity Justin Tucker now. I don't know. Aaron will have to pick that out. It's his call. Uh, but I mean, things things are working out in, in the Bengals' favor, and we're not used to it. Uh, th- this is part of what my I have a lot of things to say this week came from on Twitter. Uh, this Bengals team has galvanized a fan base in a way that I haven't seen in Cincinnati. And we've been like, and I don't know, like you guys might have some other view on it, but I I went to lots of, I had, my wife had season tickets. We went for several years. I was down there. A lot of it was not this right it was not this experience it was not fans that were necessarily excited to go to games because they thought that the Bengals were going to win and go to the playoffs sure they made the playoffs here and there but everybody kind of had this feeling that it was you know yay make the playoffs and let's look to next year to see if we can't you know kind of maybe do that again I've got an eight-year-old son it literally is living and dying by the Bengals and Bearcats, and I'll get into that part of it later. But he watches these games. He knows the players. He's excited about it. He He's not here for the excuses or losing, or for that matter. He doesn't take that part very well. We're working on it. But he loves the Cincinnati Bengals. He loves rooting for them. It's incredible what I'm seeing from all these fans. And I know that our super fan show that we did way back in April, they mentioned a lot of this Bengals captain, obviously is one that maybe sometimes people think he's on the, on the, the rose colored glasses looking. They through. think he's on but, the payroll, but he's not. And he, he kind of, you know, saw these things coming. The Twitter sphere, has come along there are crazy amounts of fans and it is it's it's paid off and the fact that you you're getting a place like you know shout out to good morning football uh because the folks on that show and i know it was kind of spurred on by Kay adams but the folks on that show have you know been on the the bengals bandwagon or whatever you want to call it sort of from the summer 
So I just want to say thanks to the the Bengals players. They they're out there doing. Yep, there's there's Bengals captain. And then uh, oh okay. And so there's another another example. And there was the kid that um, he's actually the son of one of my coworkers that was crying. He's gone viral on uh, I think Channel Five shared it on their Facebook. He was crying after the Bengals won. Uh, it's it's great. It's awesome. The ownership seems, you know, with, with Elizabeth Blackburn and Emily Parker and all the all the folks that are involved in the in the cogs down there that keep that machine running and putting out all of this fan positive content. Uh, I mean, I, I literally I can't remember the last time that a team like was miking up like a, a Bengals team was miking up one of their players. It seems like every week and putting out content based on that and letting these guys kind of be themselves and put out these videos from the locker room celebrations, smoking cigars and just it wasn't having a good safe time. before this year because they would have been either shitting on the NFL, shitting on the Bengals, shitting on ownership, shitting on coach. Like it was that, not safe that, that, to that, mic up a... players before <laughs> this year. That's probably fair too. But I mean, we go back again, we go back to the off season. And when you brought in a, a woozy, a, when you brought in a uh, Mike Hilton, they wanted to be here, and that's the Joe Burrow effect. Mm-hmm. When you brought in a Trey Hendrickson, like he wanted to be here. When you brought in a Riley Rife, like he wanted to be here. Like these free agent moves, they weren't just guys that were quality guys, like you know your eighty plus rating on Madden or something. Like just you didn't just get the guys that were highly rated, but you got the guys that were highly rated and also fit the culture that Zach Taylor was trying to build. And for those who are still somehow trying to shit on Zach Taylor, I'm not going to argue anybody who's going to say that he may not be the best at making offensive play calls. I've been saying, I don't know that he should be the offensive coordinator for a very long time. What I will say though, is you have a guy who much like a Peyton Manning can now audible at the line and has the trust of his coach to do so is starting to see things open up now that he's a full season of starts for finally he's, he's there after two years, he's finally at a full season of starts and the game's starting to slow down clearly. And so Zach Taylor has done a very good job bringing the right guys in here to keep the culture, keep the just, just, emotional flow of the team going where all players seem to be rowing in the same direction and i don't know that we've had that here in at least a decade well and and here here's the other thing though and you see it you see it from these guys it's easy it's easy to look at at you know and i'll just keep going back to twitter because that's sort of where i interact with a lot of these and like when i say interact i mean read their posts and stuff like Obviously, I don't know these guys. Um, but when, when you win a game, whether it's a big game or not, in the NFL, it's difficult. And it's easy for these guys to jump on Twitter at that point from any team and hype things up. We've seen, like we discussed earlier, after you know the, the Ravens win, after these big wins that they've had, where then they've maybe had a week, two weeks where it's been a little bit of maybe a bumpy ride afterwards. Uh, but you don't see, there's there's zero finger pointing that comes out. Uh, and right. it's not it, it's not exactly like, you know, a team was, you know, 11-0 and 0 and then lost a couple games 
you wouldn't expect any finger pointing coming out of a team like that. You're talking about a team that was on a playoff bubble the entire season, and it did not seem at any point like there was any fracturing in the locker room. A loss, to the, a loss to the Jets can do that to a team. A loss to the Bears. It didn't do that to this team. Getting thumped at home by the Browns mm-hmm. could do that. And maybe in past seasons it has. Not this year. It, it's impressive to see. And, and I, I think a lot of that might start from Uzama. I mean, he's. I don't know if I've ever seen him not smiling. I mean, he, I mean, he could he could be upset and disappointed after a game, but he's he's he I seems to he, kind of be the guy that's like, look, we're he, we're all going in the same direction. He smiles when he cries, right? Like he has. <laughs> he's got to. <laughs> he's still smiling. There's, just there's tears no way streaming he's not. down his face. He can't show up to like a funeral or anything. But this team, this team is different. They've got a a, a leader at quarterback. They've got. I mean, they've got leaders all over the field. But they've got a guy at quarterback that is, we're lucky to have him here. And I know we've said that before. Uh, We said at the beginning of last season, you know, obviously before the injury, we're lucky to have a guy like that here. He shows up to work every day to do what he's supposed to do. And and then, (laughs) and he has fun doing it. And, you know, obviously it's, like I said, it's easy to have fun when you're winning. Um, but they haven't fallen apart when they've hit some struggles and they just knocked off the Chiefs, won the AFC North. I mean, hell, if you would have asked a lot of people and said, look, you got to beat the Chiefs at home or go to Cleveland, knowing what everybody knows that Cleveland's been struggling, I think a lot of people would have said, well, let's chalk it. We'll probably chalk this one up and uh, hope we can beat Cleveland next week to get into the playoffs and win the AFC North. I think that's probably what the average Cincinnati fan or or even the talking heads probably thought the same thing, right? That the the Bengals, there's no way the Bengals are going to beat the Chiefs. You know, when the Chiefs are, and the Chiefs are still playing for something, right? Yeah, they're playing they, for that bye. When they lost to the Bengals, they lost their number one seed. Mm-hmm. So they weren't out there running out their second and third stringers. And I, I I hope if they if so if the Chiefs lose Saturday, the Bengals still have a road to that number one seed. I think I think you give it a run. Thoughts yeah. on that? No, I mean I, I'm looking at the, the standings right now. Um because Kansas City stands at eleven and five. And we have the tiebreaker on them. Tennessee stands at eleven and five. So I don't know how that tiebreaker would potentially play out if the Bengals ended up tied with Tennessee. If Tennessee would still have that win or not. There was um, another like scenario that has to happen for for Tennessee for it all to fall for it all to fall in. Yeah, like they they both can't just lose. Well, they you, both have to lose, and then there's something else that has to happen. But. You also have Buffalo and New England at ten and six. Um. So there's there's certainly some ways that I I mean I would think that getting the buy for the Bengals is probably not the easiest road at this point from the from the scenario that I saw it, it was it was a fairly complicated scenario yeah but we shouldn't even be having this conversation because again 
we're a year ahead of schedule and it feels good. And I would be, I'm excited about already excited about seeing what free agency looks like this off season as the Bengals are kind of in a driver's seat where they have not been before. I, I mean, I, I think the excitement level there, obviously like, like, you know, let, let's get us a playoff win. Let's make a run here. But looking forward and into the future there, if you've got not only the Joe Burrow effect, but then success and on money top to of play that, with and some money. But I mean, we're talking, I'm, I'm just talking like things that may attract some of these guys here. If you've got, you know, you've got Joe Burrow and now they're, maybe some of these guys are looking and saying, I, I want to be a part of that. I want in on that. And then they, they come here and maybe we, maybe, maybe the Bengals our Cincinnati Bengals could have a dynasty. Obviously it's way too early to talk about that, but like maybe. I, th- I think that if you're going to, why not build us? It, if you're going to build it on somebody it would be around Joe Burrow. Why not and us? That's the kind of guy that you want to build something like that around. Um, thoughts on, on Bart Scott and his thoughts since uh, that, that had not happened last week when we recorded. He's a clown. Uh, <laughs> I, to... I know. I said to you guys like right away, like he's a clown. <laughs> like who says that? I don't know. He's out of touch. I think with where, where the NFL is at this point in time. Um, I don't know that he actually talks to any current players anymore. I mean, because... from what he said, he it sounds like it sounds like every former Raven uh, and all current Ravens have like a text group, and he's like, "We all talk," and yeah, there's a red dot. It's going to be a red dot on him, and he's not going to be in this com- in this division very long because he's not going to want it because we're coming after him. And like, you aren't going after anyone, Bart Scott. You've been out of the league for like a decade. What are, what are you talking about? Like, cash your paycheck. Say just say ridiculous stuff and cash your paycheck. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he was going for in that moment because it it wasn't a good look for him. wasn't a good look for ESPN. wasn't a good look for Baltimore, even though he's ESPN not. ESPN like tweeted it out. I, I I don't know what the what the thought process was there. Um, just maybe the fact that it gained clicks. Because it, it was, uh, it contra- certainly gained clicks. It was controversial. Uh, <laughs> there, was a lot of bang- the- there was a lot of Bengal clicks going on with that. I don't know, man. Ed, any thoughts on the game, the Bengals, before we move along to other topics? No, like I said, it was just a great game. Uh, it was fun from beginning to end. Uh, I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. Was over here Parker, Parker, getting excited about Bengals football yet? Oh yeah, he was playing. He was playing Madden tonight. He beat the Steelers. His first time playing Madden by himself. Beat the Steelers like twenty-two to seven or something like that. It was some good. Teach him young, and when starting your franchise, don't trade your number one overall pick for Travis Kelsey. Was, as much much as you love Travis Kelsey. I, thanks, thanks, Chad. Really good take. Um, I mean, I was going to say more, but I was out here tweeting things, and it, it is what it is. Um, uh, there is a, a movement out. out here on what? Hold on. The reason I'm laughing so hard about this is because I went back, like I said earlier and watched our, our pre-draft and then post-draft, uh, 
shows that we did over the summer. Yeah. And during the post draft show, every like Aaron went around and asked everybody, and everybody gave their like analysis of the draft and who they thought was like a good pick and not a good pick, whatever, all the way through. And he got to Ed that day, and he goes, "Ed, what are your thoughts?" And Ed was like, "Uh, B minus." <laughs> And that was it. I'm over here. I'm <laughs> getting over a cold. I'm trying not to sniffle on the show. Maybe, it is what it is. I'm about to take some said, medicine before I came down said, here, but I didn't do it. B B plus. And Aaron was like, "Do you have, do you have anything else?" He was like, "Uh, no. Uh, every, everybody, uh, everybody hit the good the good points. B plus." <laughs> what? And Aaron, I love hey, you, Ed. You have to admit, I did pretty good last week when, when you were here. You, you know, it's on brand. Hey, there is a, there is a push right now on on Twitter uh, to get Elizabeth Blackburn as the ruler of the jungle for the first playoff game since she's been absolutely critical uh, to changing the Bengals' public view of our team, which I'm I'm here for. I wouldn't be. We get give her some. Let's give her a little love. They they've done a really good job with that the ruler of the jungle like shtick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The Bengal Bengal gym this weekend. Uh, yeah, he Bengal Jim uh, as the fan of the year was the fan final of the roller of the jungle for the regular season. Here for it, it's, it was it was nice. I was and, there for uh, the Kay Adams one, which is pretty cool. And Willie Anderson, well, she was she was going around. Yeah, Willie Anderson is being uh, he, he's on the ballot for the Hall of Fame, right? And that was a, that was a big push by Jim Bengals Jim, who went to Canton and yeah. had a whole bunch of Bengals go to Canton. Just, just wild the way that this whole season has has been. Just with all the uh, cosplay and the, you know, super fans and all of that chapter, uh, with the Bengals gym and and kind of that kind of thing. Um, you also had like the new stripes guys with their you know merchandise that Joey was even wearing to the game um, with the three receivers on the shirt. They've all been they've all been rocking like it's you know, crazy. I want Supporting the I want the Joe Burrow jersey with no name tag on the back. That's what I want. I'm here for that. I'm sure. I, I'm I'm actually surprised that I haven't seen some like version awesome. of something. Yeah. Uh, you know, reference that. Whatever. It was pretty neat. So crazy wild times for Cincinnati football. But like I said at the beginning of the show, there were some highs and there were some lows. And I was in Dallas for the final game of the Cincinnati Bearcats season as they took on Alabama in the first ever college football playoff game for a team not in the Power Five conferences. And your Cincinnati Bearcats were taken down by the Alabama Crimson Tide 27-6. to Uh we talked at length about that last night on the BBP. Um, what did you guys think watching that game? Because, I mean, obviously, it was, we had completely different um, perspectives as I was in the press box and you guys were watching from home. So I'm kind of curious what your takes were because um, the only people I've talked to at length about it were Chad and and Brent, who also were in the press box and on the field. So what was it like watching from home? Chills from like the he, beginning. Say Ed looks like he's got a lot he wants to say. Chills from the beginning, dude. Like as soon as they brought that flag out and they were in the national anthem and they were more pangles. And they were, you know, waving it and everything. Like my kids were all into it. Just as soon as they announced the team and they went running out onto the field, that was 
crazy. Like it was crazy that we were there for that. And, and just the, the, the crowd atmosphere, how loud you could hear it on TV. It's just crazy that we were in that, you know, not we, but the, the Bearcats were in that situation. I think I may have choked up a little bit. Yeah, I did. I choked up a little bit. Um, but, and, and it was like, and my kids sat down and watched it with me because they're not, they're not huge football fans. They, they love soccer, but they're starting to get into it, you know, with the success of the Bengals and the Bearcats this year. It was, there's a advertisement, um, but just chills from the beginning. And then when you were sending us pictures of like the media room, getting on Twitter and seeing the amount of people down there, um, I think, was it Mo and... Um, Tony did a radio show down there and it was just like drowned out by down the drive. Like it was just crazy that we were there. Thoughts on the game, Ed? Thoughts on the game. I mean, it was a good game. I I mean, we, we weren't Michigan, right? We weren't Michigan. Did we, did we think we were going to win the game? I was hoping we would win the game. I think we kept it respectable up until the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter is when they actually started to score on us. I think we were still within it. Um, some batted balls. I think that were some, some real changers. There was that one um, across the middle to uh, Alec Pierce. That was just batted down. It was the first batted ball that I think that that so, if he would have caught that, that would have started a little bit of a drive and we may have gone down for a touchdown. Um, but I mean, our defense held them. What else can you ask for? I mean, offense to play better. Yes, please. But the defense held them and you know, we still, uh, Sauce still walked out of there without having any touchdowns scored on him in his college career. I was that's one of the things I said last week that I don't want to see happen. Um, so I don't know, dude. It was just it was just amazing. I and I wasn't even upset. I wasn't even mad when we lost. Like I was like, this is still crazy. This is still that we were here. Awesome. What you got, Jeff? So my my parents went down to the game. So they were down. They went down like a couple of days early and did some like Dallas things um, around the area there, or whatever. Texas Live, and, and, and we're you know I don't know if they, I don't know if they did that. They did some like other like kind of like old people touristy things. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. They go to the stockyard. Uh, uh, I think they did, um, and then they went to like the the JFK, like the you know that area. Whatever. Like my my parents are George Bush me. Library. They they've been they're they're very big Bearcats fans. It's obviously how I started as a a a, a wee pup as a, a Bearcats fan. Just a wee you know, little from, lad from from the beginning. And so like hearing like what what Ed's saying and seeing them on a stage like that, obviously. They were in the Sugar Bowl in 2009. Things went uh, quite a bit worse there. Tim Tebow, um, Jesus, man. It, I mean, it is what it is as far as that, you know, that happened. But that was a big stage, uh, and they were, you know, a half-second whatever ball hitting the ground from probably being in the national championship game that year. Right. Um, and I looked at it, a lot of the conversation I had with people – going into the game and I know like like Chad had brought it up uh when we talked to him on here you give Nick Saban any extra time to prepare for a team and 
you're probably going to run into some issues um, if you don't throw some wrinkles or you guys don't make plays. And that's not a that's not us saying anything bad about the the Bearcats because I ref- I tweeted it out. I refuse to say anything negative about anybody on this Bearcats team. These guys, like, and I, I don't know that any of them listen to our show or get any of it gets back. Uh, but like what, like what they've done, and I know I just kind of said a little bit of like this about the Bengals, but the, those are professional athletes, and there's like sometimes they need to do stuff in the public eye because of their bosses, whatever they've got to go out and do this, that, and the other. The way that these Bearcats players have carried themselves, regardless of if they started their career here at Cincinnati has been incredible. Um, It's to the point, like my, my oldest son watches tape on, and I tweeted this out too. There was a guy that did a review and I, his name escapes me right now, but I, I did tweet him out and credit him. Uh, he did like a review of of Ahmad Gardner and his technique. And my oldest son has watched the video several times um, and has made comments about I, maybe if I you know work really hard at it, I can be you know that could be me. Like I could be that good. He's eight. No, um, no, no one's gonna be that good. No, I know. No, 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 knock on your kid, but I'm not. I'm not gonna Christ. You know, be disappointed if my son doesn't turn out to be, you know, Sauce 2.0. Um, but the fact that they can, that they've done what they've done here at a school where everybody has told them that they don't belong in these big games and they don't belong playing against, you know, all these kids that were four and five star kids because they came in as a three-star or a two-star, or maybe they came in as a preferred walk-on, what have you, is nothing short of incredible. The coaching staff there has done their job. The players there did everything they could and left their hearts on the field. I'm not disappointed in any of it. I want to give a shout-out to Cole Smith for coming out and nailing the two field goals that he was asked to hit the kid's been hurt. I have, you know, he hasn't been in a game. People were, you know, there were some people who were probably saying he needed to be kicked off the team or not, you know, ever. Oh, Twitter was an ugly of, place for Cole whatever. Smith. And, and it is what it is, but he showed up in Dallas and they were no doubter kicks. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously he, and he had to make them. And that part up until, you know, I mean, that that's what kind of kept, the Bearcats in the game because we didn't we weren't having points otherwise. Yep. You know there, there were some drops, there were some things that happened. It, it we got beat in the trenches. It is what it is. Alabama's Alabama. They're they five are, stars and four stars. Right. They, they they're going to play they, in the national championship they, game. I mean they they are. I mean, look at this team who they've lost to in the last two years and it's been. It's the two teams that are going to be in the national championship game and put out everywhere. And I don't care. I'll say it again. The only teams that have beaten the Bearcats in the last two years are playing for the national title on the 10th. Yeah. By a total of 24 points. And there's no other team in America that can say that. There's no other team in America that said that in the last two years, they've only lost to two teams and both those teams are playing for a national championship. 
So, I mean, there's nothing to hang our heads about on this one. What, these I boys, have, you know, were, would I have loved it if they had gone out there and been able to, you know, yeah. beat Alabama. Of course, everybody would have. Yeah. Would have gone nuts. There probably wouldn't even be a university in Clifton because it would probably be on fire. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Well, it, it'd be it, all right. They're on. They're on virtual classes for the next 16 days. But so, uh, I just. You you look at it. I know we have, and this is a, a shameless plug for our Facebook page, Bearcat Nation. Uh, there are twelve and a half thousand members in there, and aside from the occasional troll from whatever team we're playing that week, and the people trying to sell you know bootleg T-shirts, <laughs> there is there is a groundswell of support that is out there, and it's. It's awesome to see the collection of photos that came in uh, from people that went down and were able to experience it. I wasn't able to experience it from that end, but experiencing it through the television set, I couldn't have been prouder of those guys. And, you know, it's something that I will at least remember as a fan for a very long time, if not forever. And, you know, it's had it, this team has had an impact on more people than they can probably really fathom all the way down to my small children who have taken a love for Bearcat football. They, they've they been born into the fickle era, and they don't know how to handle anything other than a winning football team in Clifton, so let's keep it going, please, because otherwise I have to explain to them that you cannot win every game. So I don't remember if it was – I mean, I'm doing so many podcasts at this point. I don't know if it was – the nightcap, I don't know if it was the BVP. Somewhere Chad mentioned that this team is in its infancy of being an elite team. Alabama has been to the national championship seven of the eight years of the college football. I'm sorry, not the national championship, but they've been to the, the college football playoffs seven of the eight years that the college football playoffs have existed. Cincinnati just broke the ceiling. Oh. Chad, Chad said, tap me in. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody needs to send him the link. It's annoying. I know. I'm, I'm on it. Um, but Actually, why don't you send it while I'm making this point? On, Ed, if you can. You got that, Ed? Send him yeah, I got it. Text him the link. Um, but he mentioned that we're in our infancy, and, you know, that's, that's kind of where this thing is. Like, you can't expect. You, we were making David versus Goliath analogies here, right? It was. And it absolutely was, but there's a re it wasn't like, it wasn't a fair fight. You don't make David versus Goliath analogies for a fair fight. It's a one in a million chance. We, we hit the, the 999,000, you know what I mean? You didn't, you didn't hit that one in a million. And there were some, some things that kind of went the wrong way. Uh, you know, like the muffed punt where if they recover it at the six yard line, that changes the entire momentum of the whole game going into and those the, are things that went uc's way all year that just didn't go their way on on right one occasion so it's it it sucks that it goes that way but it's just again when you're dealing with the infancy of a program like this versus a blue blood like alabama who has who knows how many championships um nick saban alone has seven national championships and you were taking on a behemoth as a team of guys who were able to put it together. 
given the COVID super senior years that they were able to bring guys back for and play for something that this team had never been able to accomplish. And all of a sudden you're doing something that not only had this team never accomplished, but you're doing something that no other group of five team had ever accomplished, including UCF in a year that maybe they should have been in the college football playoff, but were held out because not a power five. Oh, so, and then, and then you've got, you know, you look at it immediately after you've got all these people on Twitter that are, and all the talking heads, people with little verified badges and whatnot. I guess it makes them important. Like, Oh, this right here is why the group of five doesn't belong. And not two hours later, you've got a group of five team or a power five team and getting dog walked. Right. We're looking at you, Dave one. Portnoy. And that, that was funny. Dave Portnoy was like, get, you know, get the little kid football off and let's see the big boy football and big boy football uh, didn't turn out so well. Why uh, Pat McAfee's doing better than him. So, it, I mean, they, they went out there. I, I thought for the circumstances and, and what was going on, I, obviously we would have liked to see the, the offense maybe click a little bit or somebody make a big play here or there. I mean, Brian Cook has an interception. That's something that I thought maybe could have turned the tide a little bit as far as like, ah, turn the tide. I thought maybe that could have been something that they, you know, jump on as a, you know, kind of a momentum switch. It wasn't, unfortunately. But I thought they still acquitted themselves very well, given what was in front of them. What Chad. you got, Chad? Oh, I just wanted to hop in. Thought you were taking know. the night off. I'm not good at that. Come on. <laughs> not work? Me? Ugh. I feel Yuck. icky. I feel icky when I'm not doing something. Like, gotta... that's, a, that's a nice shirt. Yeah, we got these. These were... Uh... Gifts. A gift from the Cotton Bowl. Little, oh. little, is it on the the North Face little North Face logo on the yeah? Oh, yeah, we got those. If you checked into the media the media hotel, Brent didn't get his. Brent didn't get his. He didn't make it to the media hotel. Uh, if you checked into the media hotel, you got a you got a North Face Cotton Bowl pullover. Hmm. Did you get to keep those nice little uh, Cotton Bowl bibs that they made you guys wear? No, they we had to trade those out, and they gave us a Cotton Bowl hat in exchange. Okay, good trade. So, oh, it, who the, had the, the highest one... score? Who had the highest score on the? Uh, was that the aliens little shoot 'em up game? Space there? Invaders. Oh, Space Invaders. Space Invaders. I, I didn't get to play. I didn't. I, uh, so oh. it was basically just stop by, pick up my stuff because they <laughs> wouldn't. They wouldn't let my my dad and my daughter into the uh, oh the media speaking. hospitality room. Speaking so, of, how did yeah. the how did the big reveal to to Kelsey go? When Kelsey you were like, go, yeah. hey. it, it went good. Uh, although, like, so she because we told her she wasn't going to get to go, she had been making plans with her friends for New Year's Eve. Oh, so like she got it and she was excited and she realized it and all of a sudden she looked at my dad and I and she's like, "Is this fine? I have to spend New Year's Eve with you guys." We were like, "Yep," <laughs> but she had a, she had a blast. We we went to a really good dinner on Thursday night. Um, had a had a really good time. She got to experience it. Like I told her, like a, you know, this is one of those things that you'll remember when you're like 40, 50 years old that that you were at this experience with your dad and your grandpa. 
and she was pissed because I guess um, whoever had the seats right next to the ones my dad got, my dad's a season ticket holder, so he got seats in the UC section for him and Kelsey. Somebody sold their seats to Alabama fans. So she was sitting next to Alabama fans. Oh, no. And she was hot. She's like, ugh. Like, a couple just, tweets like that. Blech. Dad, I had to sit next to Alabama fans. That when I got back to the car after the game, like Ugh. she was, she was, she was totally, you know, uh, agitated that somebody. She's like, "Those are supposed to be the UC section, right? Why would there be Alabama fans there?" And I was like, "Well, that means somebody like went on, you know, SeatGeek and sold their tickets to Alabama fans." And she's like, "Why would they do that?" And I'm like, "You're the right, almighty, do that? the almighty dollar." <laughs> But being down on the field and looking up and seeing half of Jerry's world just be red and black. And like, when I've been doing this for 16 years, I've been a UC fan almost my entire life. And seeing it, like, like I'd said, like you get emotional, like looking at it on TV. Imagine standing down there on the field and just seeing it like, we're all grown up, right? Like th- 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 this isn't, this isn't a little time football program anymore. This is a big time football program playing on the biggest stage against the biggest name. And we belong like, you know, that wasn't that easily. If UC fans didn't show up, guess what? That would have been 80, 20 Alabama fans because they'd have bought the tickets. Like, Everybody was, you know, everybody was like, oh, Cincinnati's, you know, the Cincinnati fans are everywhere. They're at Texas Live. They're at the tailgates. Like, Alabama fans aren't even here. And then you walked into the stadium, and you're like, oh, they don't play, right? Like, they're not out here partying and enjoying the atmosphere. They're in the stadium, and they're watching their team warm up. Like, they, they've done this so much that it's not a novelty to them. And that's where you hope to get to. But for Cincinnati fans, act like you've been there before. Hell no. Act like this is the first time. Enjoy that shit like you'd never have enjoyed anything in your life. Like we would take the little, um, they had the golf carts that would drive you around. And it was like, okay, we got to go to this tailgate here and that tailgate there. And, that place is massive, so the tailgates were really far apart. And okay. we'd hop in a golf cart and throw the driver 10 bucks, and they'd drive us, you know, halfway across the map, and we'd hop out and stop by and tailgate with people for a little while and then find another golf cart and hop back in that. I asked the first one. I was like, can this be like Uber? Like, uh, you know, can we just, like, get your number and have you come pick us up? She's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got shit to do. Uh, but you'll find another one. They'll be, they'll be right here. So just the entire experience, man. Like, I know a lot of people talk about the Sugar Bowl. That was impending doom because we knew what was going to happen in the Sugar Bowl without the coaching staff, with, you know, the situation as it was. But that team, 17-6 in the fourth quarter, man. Like, yeah. if they make a couple plays, like, you know, we talked about this last night on the BBP, and, and it's more fitting here because you guys do so much Bengals talk. But why did the Bengals beat the Chiefs? Because Jamar Chase played his ass off. 
and because Joe Burrow was great. And that put them in a position. They were down 14 three times to the Chiefs. And they were never out of it. And they made plays. And Cincinnati, for whatever reason, just they they weren't able to make that play. You know, they, they get that. Think about what happens if they recover that muff punt. And they go in, be it 10 to 6 or 10 to 10 at halftime. And you have a young Alabama team that all of a sudden has the weight of the world on their shoulders. Well, there was, like, to that point there, before the game, obviously, you guys wouldn't have seen it because you were you were there. Uh, but they, when they were talking, doing the ESPN talking head thing, yeah, a point that was made several times, I think, it, I want to say it was either Desmond Howard or, or maybe uh, Reese Davis, one, one of them made a point to say that if the Bearcats are going to win the game, they're going, it's going to be because they stick around long enough that the Alabama kids start second guessing themselves. Yeah. Like, why aren't we pounding them into the ground? Yeah. And then they get over the hump. And unfortunately, they had the opportunities and they just didn't do it. Unfortunately, we started the climb up the hump and never, never got up over the top of it. And it, it is what it is. Like, it, it, for for what the final score was, it was not an embarrassing defeat. No. They didn't get they didn't get just like you know Their head walked out the in. door. It was right. And Alabama does that to everybody. I mean, if you go back and look, like my wife is is notorious for getting into these like Twitter tiffs, but like she's smarter than ninety nine percent of Twitter, so it never goes well for anybody else, <laughs> and and that includes myself. I wouldn't know how that goes. Like, anytime somebody brings stuff up and she's like, well, look at point A through Z over here, and that's exactly why it happened this way. Like, it, it, it just is what it is. Like, you can't tell these kids that they're not, that they don't belong just because they lost here. Like, so go tell all of the Big Ten then that they don't belong because, you know, this happened. Or, like, there's a team every year that, that gets beat and there's teams that play Alabama every year except for one in the CFP and it typically doesn't turn out well look man I left right after the game we got in the car we started driving by the time we got to Bucky's which was like 30 minutes from the stadium Michigan was getting their ass kicked <laughs> like I mean it was 27-3 at halftime in yeah that game. yeah so look Cincinnati did everything humanly possible to give themselves an opportunity. They just didn't make the 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 splash play. That one program defining play. Like they recover that that muff punt and they punch it in and it's 10 to 10 at halftime and all of a sudden the entire sports world is going, "Oh shit." <laughs> Not only is it 10 to 10 at not only would it be 10 Cincinnati to 10, gets the ball. but Cincinnati gets the ball, right? And then they drive down. Say, they, say it's 13 to 10, five, and six minutes into the fourth or the third quarter. Third quarter, yeah. And the college sports world is on its ear. Or Alabama dominates that first drive that they have, right? And Cincinnati answers right back with the touchdown. And that's, that's a catch. That's a catch that Alec Pierce makes every week. 
Yeah. And I mean, just, he makes it, that catch eight to 10 times and it just went through his hands. It just didn't happen. Or, or, or down 17 to six, you have a ball slide right through Trey Tucker's breadbasket yeah. on a catch that he makes, you know, eight out of 10 times. I came out of my chair, hit the ceiling in my basement. I was screaming because on TV, it looked like he caught it. It was a touchdown. And I, I was, was standing yelling. right there and it looked like he caught it. Oh, oh man. And then it like, you know, they obviously they go back and balls on the ground, whatever. And like, yeah. I'm like, or oh, that's it. You get the Brian Cook interception at midfield and you go backwards 16 yards. Like that was the dagger for me. That was the one that yeah. really felt like this isn't gonna happen. Because there were there were three other opportunities before that where it was like, all right, like we're just a play away. They're just one play away, and they get the pick. And then there was what a was it snap infraction or there was a, there was a five yard penalty and then a sack. <laughs> and it was like, it's not happening today. It's just it, it, not happening today. And that doesn't, that li- literally like, I mean, I saw some people saying crazy ass shit. Cause obviously like we've, people are we've dumber than people, shit. people just say stupid things. One guy said him and his family are no longer traveling to UC football games. As long as Luke fickle is still a coach. Yeah. See ya. Extra tickets for me. Thank you. <laughs> Go watch Xavier's football team then. Um, <laughs> that I mean that, that's the that's the truth of it. Like we don't want you around then. Don't don't bring that kind of it, that's not what what is going on here. Like obviously Chad's brought it up. Hey, the the program is in it's in the infancy of, of growth as far as becoming a, a this program is a toddler. <laughs> in, as in far as becoming a national powerhouse team, it you know it sucks. You gotta crawl before you walk, before you run. You can't just jump all the way up to spring full speed into national championship games and running away with the trophy. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And this can you tell your boy is, Kenny Freeze that this team is is building. And things are going in positive directions. Maybe Here's next the year thing, there's Jeff. maybe there's a little bit of a plateau next year where they've got, you know, they're losing 30 seniors. Like it, it is, you know, Aaron seems to think they're probably not going to be ranked in the top 25. Maybe they won't be. They probably won't be to start. Not with not with everything that's gone. They're, they're losing a lot. And unless there's like some crazy other big splashes coming out of the portal that happen or whatever may be coming, like who knows? <laughs> but yeah, Aaron, that was choreographed. You didn't participate. I mean, yeah. this, I've had this conversation like <laughs> seven times at this point. All right, I'm removing Aaron from the conversation. Uh, no, but. <laughs> Can you take Aaron out of the show? Make it, put him back. Put him back in the producer role. It just is, behind the scenes. Oh, there we go. And kicked him out. <laughs> it, it, it's just one of those things. Like you gotta, you just gotta enjoy, enjoy the moment, enjoy what's going on. Like look at these guys. Like it, look at the guys that are that are declaring for the draft. Like they loved it here. They loved being Cincinnati Bearcats. Look at guys all the way up to. I mean, you can look back at guys 
that maybe I mean they weren't all-star players when they were here Travis Kelsey who is now probably one of the greatest NFL tight ends of all time and he's doing down the drive in the end zone and he's he, he's at the damn game and he brought Patrick Mahomes to the game with him like <laughs> right. that that's what this program is bringing so, I'm curious did 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 the public get to see really how that played out Oh, oh what put up you know, the, I don't. I, the video, the truth, I can't remember because my parents were sending. They were in the. They were at the game, and uh -huh. so they were sending me pictures. So I don't remember if I saw it on the TV or if it was from the 150 so, million pictures that I got from them. It started with Mahomes. They showed Mahomes in. The oh yeah, suite. yeah, yeah. And Mahomes, like the you know the Cowboys fans are booing him, whatever. And Mahomes is like. Travis, come here. <laughs> With his Kermit Help voice. me. Help me. This and is your Travis, school. And Travis, like, I don't think people, like, I wasn't even, like, thinking at that point what was about to happen. And he pointed over, and all of a sudden, Travis, pop, like, does the Chris Collinsworth slide into the screen? And the place just erupted of As UC fans. Just, and, you know, he's giving it the, like, the Hulk Hogan, like, <laughs> turning around like yeah with the bear cats on that his, part. On his, yeah because then there was some there was some other guy up there like waving a, an alabama hat around patrick was one, one of the, the guys that played it was one of the guys that plays for the chiefs that that went to alabama went to, went to bama yeah yeah that it the pop like, was the pop ed would appreciate this the pop was wwe like the glass breaks are like, that. if you smell, like that's what the pop was when Travis Kelsey slid onto the screen. And my wife and daughter are upstairs going, why is dad screaming? If you smell at the top of his lungs in our house right now. I mean, it, it, like, I know you, you explained it yesterday. I guess like the microphones and stuff were like on the, the UC side of yeah, the, the production was on the UC side. Yeah. But it was, it was rather incredible to hear, like when, when the team ran out of the tunnel, and I, like I tweeted it out. I said, you know, it sounds like Nippert South down there. Like, let's go, like let's do this. And, and obviously, like, I mean, I'm still, you know, smiling and, and happy about. Obviously, yes, I would have been more happy had there been a victory. We talked about it. You know, you give Nick Saban that that extra time to to plan. I know you touched on it last night on on uh, the BBP about you know the they had to have seen something or noted something made. There was there was a tell when yeah. he was throwing short right, and it because a six four quarterback should not be having passes batted down at that rate at the line. It just shouldn't happen and. The end they was just knew. standing there waiting for him. He was just wait, like he wasn't even trying right. to go upfield. He was just like playing patty cake with with Dylan O'Quinn. And then as soon as the ball was ready to be thrown, it was like Simon right. says, "Put your hands up." And then and then Will Anderson, like that guy. Oh God! And I, I, I said it last night when you guys were on there. I like put a little comment and they're like, "They're they're NFL linemen that can't block him." And like the the dude is unreal. He's a freak. Um, yep. he's going to be incredible at the next level. And we unfortunately didn't have the horses to, to keep him from getting back there and causing some disruption on plays where, you know, like the end of the half when 
Fickle thought maybe he was going to steal a steal a play there uh, at the end. I mean, he did steal the play at the end by calling a timeout when Alabama was already like packing their stuff up to head to the locker room, and he's like, ah, ah, like we're going to try and th- we're going to try and throw this ball hey, deep. And how then about Will that? Anderson said, no, 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 you're not. <laughs> we're going to the locker room. How about that video of the referee carrying the Alabama equipment bag back to the locker room at halftime? So it was a ball bag. That's they got to the check, okay. the, right. check the. They got to check the. It's fairly standard practice. I, I assumed it was something petty like that. Yeah. yeah they got to check the. The bows. You can't have a uh, deflate gate situation. Have you guys then, seen what Mike Golick Jr., who wants to be so much like his dad, but he's never going to be, tweeted out about five hours ago? No. Iowa State and Cincinnati fans. Are you good because of the whole Michigan Jim Harbaugh thing? Huh? What? I don't think I know. He's Jim Harbaugh wants to go back to the NFL. And so he's trying he's trying to say that Cincinnati fans should be scared that Fickle's gonna go to Michigan. Fickle hates Michigan. That's what I'm saying too. Why would you say something? Uh, whatever. Um that threw off my entire thought. I'm sorry that I was going <laughs> about to go into Ed. Dang it! No, yeah, I'm I, sorry about that. And then, like, like I said, like I, I mean, this is probably the end of what I'm going to say about the the UC football stuff for at least the next like 10 to 15 seconds. But Cole Smith, mad props. I know we touched on it earlier, but like, I just I want to say it again. Like the, the kid was you know hurt all year. There were people that were. You know, saying he should transfer and play on Xavier's football team, and I'm making that joke again. I don't care. Um, he comes in and, and knocks a couple of them through without issue. That was great. You had the rake, booming punts. You know, necessary hitting his career long 54 yard punt going down. I don't know who the one Alabama kid is that decided that the uh, the 110 pound punter needed to be thrown to the ground, uh, but they did and that kind of you know that pushed Alabama back on that one um sauce Gardner doing what he does matched up against you know probably one of the if not the best wide receiver in the NCAA top three uh what two two catches for minus two yards is that right yep against him so that's correct so Suck it on that. Everybody <laughs> that said that I had to like get into, you know, talks with saying that he was going to go for 180 and four touchdowns and that sauce wasn't, you know, good at all. Sauce is so good that Nick Saban realized there's nothing that we can do. There's not a month, six months, 12 months. There's no planning that can go into it that we can beat him. We're just not going to even try. Because when we do, minus two yards. Good on him. Good on Kobe Bryant. Good on our guys. The only one that they beat, they beat an injured Arquan Bush on a busted play down the sideline. It happens. Yep. But the Bearcats, damn it, they're going to be my team forever. And they should be your team forever. Jump on the bandwagon. I won't make you fill out a form. Just get on it. Let's go. And into the Big 12 in a couple years and Better recruits, new recruits, not better. I'm not going to say that. New recruits and more, more runs into the CFP. 
That's all I'll say. I think this will be the first of many fun rides for Cincinnati. I don't. I don't think this is the the end by any stretch. Uh, I think this is just like we talked about numerous times tonight this season. Uh, this is this is the beginning, and I think that. Um, I don't know. We we took one on the chin. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know when we'll be back, but I I, I don't think that was the uh, the the last time that you'll see Cincinnati, um, especially if they expand playoffs. Um, oh, I, it, it, oh, for sure. I think that's done and done if that's the case. So, I mean, and then my Jay Sanders made himself a whole lot of money uh, in that game. Like Kobe, he finally he finally you know was able to be on on the the big screen or whatever you want to call it showing that you know he is a very disruptive individual well they finally uh, he finally had single yeah. like he was finally <laughs> single teamed he wasn't and, double teamed and, like he was all year in the in conference and, and he he did a very he acquitted himself well um and you know and damn it you know des might not have had the best game of his career but he the dude's name is going to be in there. There are going to be a lot of names in the ring of honor that come off of this team. And I don't know that we have time really to hit them individually and talk about them, but there are going to be several names from this team. that are going to be in that ring of honor. I know Chad said it yesterday. They don't, you know, they don't retire numbers. I don't know who that was. That was like demanding. They retired the number one, yes. but like, or, or number uh, nine. They, they're just not going to do that. But, there's a lot of names, obviously, like the whole football team is probably going to go the way of the uh, 09 team into the, the Hall of Fame as a team. Um, there's just a lot of special dudes on this team. And I, 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 as, as a, this is me as a fan and as a parent, I can't say thank you enough to the guys that were down there in Clifton busting their tail the last few years. The guys that will continue to bust their tail down there making this program better than what it is now, which is at the highest point that this program has been for what the, they've done for fans and the city and kids that want to play football and grow up to become Cincinnati Bearcats. Cause there are kids that don't want to become Ohio state Buckeyes. They want to become Cincinnati Bearcats. And that's just plain and simple. What it, what it is right now. Also the guys that came back when they didn't have to. Right. I mean that was a big big deal as well for this team. So um you know, tip of the cap to your twenty twenty one Cincinnati Bearcats and uh there's a lot of, of personalities and faces that we're gonna miss and uh, that maybe we're taking for granted. And I might I might go bankrupt buying all of their jerseys from whatever NFL team they end up on. <laughs> Sorry. To, to your point, Jeff, like, so this is kind of like behind the curtain. Um, I, I've had a lot of opportunities to go elsewhere and, and do what I do. And the one reason I didn't was because my dad and my daughter have like a really special bond and taking her away from him was something I couldn't bring myself to do. And to see them get to bond over this season, the way that my daughter, like, on her own volition, went all in on this UC team, was the payoff, right? Like, I don't 
I don't get to go to games with my dad anymore. Like we we get to, he rides with me to games. We go to tailgates. We hang out. But then you know, an hour and a half before kickoff, I have to go to work. So I don't get to like sit in the stands with my dad's and dad anymore like I did growing up, which is that was our thing. You know, we we went to games. And like I, I people were like, when was your first Reds game? I was like, I don't know. I was like one. <laughs> when was your first right. Bengals game? I don't know. I, I was three. Like I, I my dad has been dragging me to games my entire life. And to see that become their thing because of the buzz around this team and the hype around this team and to see my daughter get caught up in it. All she wanted for Christmas was UC stuff. Um, All she wanted was to go to the cotton bowl. Like, I don't even know without like the breaking down right now, how to describe the fact that, that my dad got that, you know, my daughter, like, yeah, it's going to be important to her for the rest of her, her life. But my dad's in the sixties, man. Like you, you guys know how that is. All our parents, Aaron got to go with his mom. Like he got to experience that and like, and share that. Um, so that like, and, and to think that there's so many other of those stories that happened out of those, 35, 40,000 people that went to that game. Like it meant a lot to this city. It, it meant a lot. And then to follow it up with the Bengals, <laughs> you know, right. beating the Kansas city chiefs to, to win the AFC North and go to the playoffs. And like, it was a special weekend in Cincinnati, man. There was a special weekend in Cincinnati for and real. Then on, on top of all that, Butch Jones got to experience it with his dad, Nick Saban. So that was good. <laughs> I should have gone over and said hi. I didn't. I should have gone over and said hi to Butch. What Dude, a... those field suites, what a brilliant idea that is. I didn't even realize what that was. Like, I was trying to, like, think in my head, like, what the hell is going on over there? And then I, when you said, like, field suites, I was like, oh, you yeah. can watch the game from down on the field. You're, you're watching the you're watching the big screen from down yeah, on the field. You can't yeah, see yeah, it because yeah. of the the bodies in front of you. Yeah. So you're watching the video board, but like there was elaborate open bar setups and like like you know the the catering and the whole nine yards. And you know, we talked about it last night. The mac and cheese, Jerry World. Holy, that's. I heard you say that it was good. That was some good shit. <laughs> yep. And and the uh the the tenderloin with the uh the fresh carving station tenderloin with the red wine reduction. Like they do the uh that Aramark does not cater Dallas Cowboy games. It's on a little bit of a different level. <laughs> but it was it was amazing, man. It was amazing. Like I, I wouldn't obviously a win would have been everything you could have ever asked for right but the experience itself and just like you know what if i'd have told you in 2000 like go to hell get a job like you're stealing money tommy right and And i if i would have told you yeah but if i would have told you in five years this team's going to be in the playoff you're like shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) you're such a homer like you just gotta like you just look at it and it's 
By the way, your boy, your boy Brian Kelly was just on TV a little bit ago. I saw him. Yeah, I saw him. Said he couldn't get his accent down. I'm from Boston. We don't have strong accents. You can't get on me about my accent. Did he say that? Really? Yes. Come on. Family. Was he there with his family? (laughs) He said he couldn't get family down. I mean, it's it's just it, uh, I know we've kind of at this point beaten beaten a dead horse, but it's it's a it's a great thing. It's only going to get better, um, and I'm here for it. We'll, we'll obviously all be here for it. Um, and no one we, can stop us. We're on the way up. Exactly. That, that's what's <laughs> good. It's like you know what? Like this team, th- this team is gonna just continue this program. Th- this program is going to get better, right? 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 It, it really I, is. That was a good Cincinnati team. They belonged in the in the college football playoff, right? Right. I mean, it's just, it's, there, and there are Alabama fans that I've seen out there that were like, yo, was Respect. nervous, was nervous yeah. until, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it is what it is. Like, they, there's... They had a great game plan. I think Chad said it. I think Chad said it last night. They took Tulane's game plan and put Alabama players out there. And yeah, it was was a tribute to John Madden. They took the Tulane playbook and they used the Alabama players. Right, that's pretty good game plan. (laughs) And and you know, with with no with no big play from the Bearcats, it just it, it turned into you know it was what it was, but. That's not to say that you know anybody in this city isn't proud of the, those guys down there and what they've done, and we'll continue to root for them wherever they end up in in the future, and we'll continue to root for the uh, the kids that are gonna put on the sea paw next year and for many years after that. We we talked soon about it'll this have on Big Twelve, but we talked about this on the nightcap. I'm I'm curious of your guys' take, Ed and Jeff, Ahmad Gardner. The best player, the most dominant player to ever put on a sea paw on the football field. So, to preface like what I'm going to say is like I I don't know a lot of the like a lot of history before, kind of when I was like growing up, right? And a lot of the teams I was growing up with were not a lot of people did Jeff. There's only 20 people at those games. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but when and, and like you can talk about some guys that are like that were really good here, but I don't know if you can talk about anyone who was really good and just outright dominant at their position, doing what their position calls for them to do and more. He scored more touchdowns than he allowed because he allowed zero. He scored three. And he had three. <laughs> he got to the point where he wasn't considered for the award for his position because no one wanted to challenge him. He didn't have enough stats on the book to warrant giving him an award, which should have been an award in and of itself. He was by far the best cornerback in college football this year. There and Kobe was second. Like, like let, make no mistake about that. Kobe oh, absolutely. didn't get into the the Thorpe Award. Kobe was the second best corner in the country this year. There's a right. There's a reason he got the Thorpe Award, right? Because everybody threw at him instead of Sauce, and he was still great. And he was still great. Yeah. But 
you, you've got a guy that's out here that a coach, like, and I, I said it a minute ago, and you said it that Nick Saban had a month to prepare. And in that month, he found that his best way of winning was to not try and throw the ball at either one of the boundary at, at, to the boundaries on either side. He was not going to win the game doing that. So he knew he needed to run the ball. That should say enough about the Cincinnati cornerbacks. And, you know, so I think he is, I think you've got to say that he's the best player, most dominant, successful player to come out of UC with their, when you look at their college career. Obviously, you can look at some guys that have gone on to the NFL and done some special things. At UC, I think you have to say, and there might be some recency bias with this, but I don't think so. There's not. Sauce Gardner uh, my gardener, however he's going to end up going by, probably sauce forever. Uh, Frozo. Is, is, that was awesome, by the way, when I saw <laughs> it. Because I never, I never would have like thought that, like, oh yeah, frozen. But then when he was calling him that, and I, I don't know if that was that the was that the, the, the jersey reveal, like the let it fly yeah. thing. Uh, I was like, it does look like frozen. <laughs> Give me my super suit. And he's had a super suit on since he's been here. And I'm obviously we're all like, we're all going to miss watching him out there shutting things down. And, you know, now teams are going to be able to throw to the whole field. Um, and and oh, who knows, we're, you know, we're going to find out real quick next year, how good sauce was. <laughs> how good that both? side of the field. Yeah. How good both of them are. But I'm just saying in general, like that side of the field is going to be open for business again, and I mean, we're all going to be like, "What the hell? Why? Why? Why are they completing passes twelve yards down the field? How? What do you mean they're getting first downs throwing the ball? That's bullshit." Like, Harry Eliano is not as good as we thought he was. I mean, all the, all the all the way down, you know, all the way down to what? Because is because Arquan's a senior. No, right? Arquan, Arquan will be back. Does he does he have a, another year to come back? Yeah, he he's a year. Yeah, he's he's got an extra year. So he's and he's I, in his third year. Um, so he's he's got one more. Is that would that be? I guess his COVID year or whatever. No, I think that's his regular year. His regular year. He, he came in with there. He well, might. You know have, what? I don't know. I don't know. I mean whatever. that he's got. He'll be back next year. But the the that group is a special group and is obviously led by two. Like I got in a fight with a guy that was saying that, um, like a fist fight. No, a, a verbal, a verbal, oh, okay. a verbal altercation, an internet, an internet, an internet kerfuffle Never with an know. individual who said I that I don't do this. I know you don't, you, you don't ever involve yourself in that. Um, yeah, you just got to keep scrolling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, keep scrolling. This, this guy said that, that Kobe Bryant changed his number to eight to uh you know honor Kobe Bryant the real Kobe Bryant so that you know people would know his name and I was said or so he could get attention and people would know his name you know at the end of the year before the draft and I said I'm pretty sure that the Thorpe Award took care of that and he was like Thorpe Award took care of what and I was like I don't know maybe being named the best cornerback <laughs> in the country. Best defensive back in not just corner. Yeah. That's a corner and safety award. He was the best oh, okay. defensive I, back in the country. 
regardless the award yeah. means that there are people because he was like there's the only people that knew his name were people in your conference no guy uh that's an ncaa award right. that means that there were people like just like th that level of disrespect is ridiculous right, it's stupid when they deserve better than that and he obviously, I mean, he got it. He obviously, he got, got the award, so he got the respect there. But it's like, I to replace those two guys is going to, we're going to find out. Like you said, we're, we're going to find, find out. out what it's like. There's it's good corners. There. There's good corners behind them. But they but weren't they're not good. Sauce 2.0. They weren't good. They were great. They were elite program changing like it, the the word generational talent gets thrown around too much, probably. Amai Gardner was a generational talent, and you can say generational because he was the best football player to ever put on red and black. Like I, I I'm I'm convinced of that. Like I, there have been I'm there tons of other great mm -hmm. players that put on this uniform. There was no one that ever changed. Not just like the the week to week game plan, they changed the way Cincinnati played defense based around the fact that they knew what happens over on the boundary is is not a factor. Like think, they're not they can't throw at him. They can't make a play. They can't they can't move the ball down the field over there. I think Sauce has the opportunity to pretty much go down in the same type of lore that Kenyon Martin did with the basketball team as yeah. A guy known by just one name, Kenyon Sauce. Sauce. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's kind of the same parallel there, where you you literally were the entire program, um, as far as like just the the brand, the the work ethic, the just you did everything right as far as on the field, as far as in the classroom. Like I don't think you can knock Sauce for anything that he did while he was here. Same as as Kenyon. And uh, I, I think that the two of them will be just kind of the, the guys that anyone who talks about those teams are they're kind of the first people that they talk about where it just changed the program. When you talk about greatness in Cincinnati football, you're going to talk about sauce. Like, mm -hmm. are, are they as good as sauce? Or do, they, right. do they make the impact that sauce made? And Aaron, there's another one. There's a third, Oscar. Yeah. Oscar, Kenyon. Sauce and the uke in baseball, yeah, for sure. The uke that's the name of the, the baseball message board on Bearcat Journal. Put us on the board. Let's go. <laughs> hey, that's my boy. Jeff understood the assignment. Uh, I, I think we might need to change, like, we might need to change the, the name of the boards. The, the the football board is just going to be called the sauce. The sauce. <laughs> and, and and the basketball board just Kenyon, <laughs> Kenyon sauce uke. <laughs> I don't hate it. Yeah, I just yeah, it's just it's a it's special. Yeah, just it's special. Like and like uh, I've had lots of conversations with lots of people, and like I had coworkers that were that were able to go down, and like it's just. Special is the the only word that I can come to you know bring out for this whole muster thing. up. Just, yep, that's that's what I was looking for there, Ed. I've Good job, lost Ed. my Thank you. I've lost my brain so at this point. 
Well, one last thing that we need to touch on as we, I think, have, have beaten dead horses. Uh, just, I'm not talking about the basketball <laughs> game. And I didn't really want to talk about the basketball game because I don't think that there's anything that we didn't touch on last We have to. On the BBP. As far as the actual game itself, I mean, it was a horrendous first half. Uh, ended up being, what, 48-25 in the first half. And then you see held Tulane to five field goals in the second half and dominated in the second half after they actually decided to come out and play. Um, and I know Chad's just irate in the fact that he hustled back from Dallas to watch a team that didn't seem to be out there. Maybe they were feeling uh, the New Year's hangover, if you will. Um, I don't know. But, there, every, I mean, there were people coming for, for Wes Miller's job after I just want- that game. And I know that you guys wanted to touch on that because – I know how you guys are as fans. I just want the fans to know that I am saving. I'm screenshotting. Apparently you can bookmark. Thanks Aaron for that information, but I'm saving your tweets. Uh, I'm screenshotting them. I have a special folder on this iPhone. So all your tweets about how Wes Miller is not going to be the person and the athletic director needs to know that this is championship basketball. Yeah, I know I'm talking to you, Steve. Uh, this isn't YMCA basketball. Hey, Phil, this, uh, this Phil guy is apparently going to be an Ohio State <laughs> fan now. He's, he's, I'm, I'm saving these. I'm saving these. Evan, yeah, coach the fire. When you fire a coach for, for being hard on kids, you can expect to be, you cannot expect to beat a four and six team. I'm, I'm saving that one, Evan. I just want you guys to know these are all being saved. When you finally remember, Jeff, what, what why the, do you have a picture of me? Why what? did that happen? <laughs> what is that? These are what? all being saved for when you actually remember that Wes Miller had 30 days to put a team together. 30 days to put a team together. The future is bright. We'll be fine with Wes Miller. What? Why is it doing that? I wonder if it's because I'm also logged in as like the... Uh, probably it. Probably it. And that's weird. That's hilarious. It's creepy. <laughs> this reminds me of a, this reminds me of a time on a on a party ambulance when you were macking up a my wife like that too. You look better with a beard, Ed. Thank you. Did you say that I was, <laughs> I was not macking up on your wife? I don't know. This is I uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Chad. Uh, <laughs> Chad <leave. laughs> um, the basketball so, team will be fine. Awkward. <laughs> Jeff, uh, did you have any additional thoughts on on the basketball, the state of the basketball program after a loss to Tulane, four and, and six Tulane? No, I'm um, I'm leaving exactly. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about the basketball. I've, I'm too happy with what happened this weekend. For the except, most part. Like, except while we've been recording the show, there has been breaking news. The game on Thursday night against SMU has been changed from nine o'clock PM to nine thirty PM on ESPN. So oh, I guess, it back more. Yeah, they've yeah. pushed it back to nine thirty. I they, already yelled at Justin. They do realize that we're in Eastern Standard Time Zone, right? I gotta work the next morning. I'm gonna watch, but I gotta work the next morning. Chad, how do you feel about that game getting pushed back to nine thirty? And the there's not going to be anybody there. About nine o'clock last night, so they're going to have you on play by play again. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, 
I might be watching that game from home. Like <laughs> that's really? what a lot of people are saying on the internet right now. Really? I think that that arena might be empty. Might be a good time to go down. Nine thirty. Hold on, I got it right here. That's bananas. For, for Justin Williams. Are you just finding that out? There's no. Yeah, way I've been here talking out. to you guys. I haven't really been paying attention to Twitter. Paying attention. Chad's distraught. <laughs> I, I, I just I saw his eyes when Ed said it had been moved to nine thirty. It was like oh. just watching this all wash over him. <laughs> I didn't cry when I was talking about the the bond between my dad and my daughter, and I want to cry right now because that's nine. I'm not going to be in bed until like four o'clock in the fucking morning. After press conferences and everything, yeah, you're gonna yeah. have to have a you're gonna have to have like a morning cap, a morning starter. <laughs> you're gonna need to switch over. You're gonna need to switch over to. But like, it's gonna be coffee and a bagel. You're gonna need some, <laughs> you're gonna need some extra galactic chicken at nine thirty at night when you're watching this game. You're, you're gonna need to do like a, a a little like maybe some Jameson and I was gonna Bailey's. say Bailey Bailey's and coffee with BCJ. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, BCJ. <laughs> this is devastating. Sorry to do that to you. I was already pissed it was going to start at 9. Why? I don't understand that? why it's starting at 9 o'clock. because it's an ESPN game? Yep. Yes. They moved it to ESPN, so there must be a bowl game or something on before it. Can we just move it to ESPN Plus and go back to the standard 730? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 7. 7. There's gotta be there's gotta be better basketball that you. Can I just renewed my ESPN Plus, so I'm okay with it. Oh, can we, can, we just, can we just do what the Reds did and like bump some of these up to like you know like six thirty or six forty? I love that during the COVID season when baseball was starting at like five o'clock when I was getting off of work. Like <laughs> this is great. Or they play in the, in the mid afternoon. I'm like, I right, throw that on the TV while I'm working. I want to throw something right now. Don't do it. Not advised. Maybe I'll throw my, uh, did you get one of these, Aaron? Yeah. I never actually popped it into a USB drive, though. What is it? So it's the Cotton Bowl trophy, right? And then it's got a a USB drive that has the media guide. That's That's pretty cool, cool. actually. But now I'm going to throw it against the wall and smash it. I 3D printed an uh, NCAA basketball national championship trophies that I would have one before Xavier. <laughs> Ed's been really proud of that. That's the only thing he's ever 3D printed because his printer broke. Oh, I have this Agricrag too. I haven't finished. Why is, that, why is that just in your pocket, Ed? <laughs> I was actually just moved it over to the other side of the desk. I just... <laughs> And then you said it, and I was like, well, I'm not going to say it. It's like, look, I got an Agricrag. <laughs> if you weren't married, Ed, would that be like a, a thing you did at the bar? Would you just pull random 3D printed awards out, like trophies from different shows? Like, you want a flexible dinosaur? Like, <laughs> like look, I've got, I I've got, I've got the, the, the glove from Infinity. Like, <laughs> oh, that's Jeff. That's Jeff. What oh, are you man. snapping for? I don't know. Because I just remembered what I wrote down for my AEW talk. Oh, yeah. We yes, haven't even we gotten to that yet. 60 seconds no, with Ed. 
I was going to say, I think, I think, I think we're about done with Cincinnati sports. I think we can all pretty much uh, collectively agree that Bart Scott was the bum of the week. Without I don't know, going... Mark Slareth. Mark Slareth or Kenny Freeze. Slareth was the bum of the week, for sure. He, I don't know what he was trying to do. Like, well, he dumped all over the Bengals taking Chase instead of Sewell, right? And so double down, fl- and so people flooded his timeline with like, "Hey clown, seats, yeah, hey clown." So then he got in his feelings. Man, so look, man, when you get it wrong, you got to just be able to go, "Hey, I got it wrong." Man, one hundred and one, you're welcome. He did put out a uh, like a, an apology video today. I don't know if you saw it or not, where he no, was I like, didn't. "All right," he's like, "You know, you, you guys are right." Like, blah blah. Like, I I know when to take my like. They had a great season. Enjoy it. Yada yada yada. But at the end of it, he he's like, "I'm gonna, I'll go ahead. I'll take this L." And he put his his hand up to his forehead with with his Super Bowl rings on his finger. <laughs> so, like, like I can appreciate that. That's funny. Yeah. That's, like, that's that. that's good. I like I like if you're good like if you're gonna troll, have some humor. Have some like don't just be butthurt. Like, right, don't be butthurt. Don't be I've butthurt. had people like I like back in the like in the December leading up to Burrow getting drafted, before Joe went like superhuman in the semifinals and the finals. I was on this rampage of like I don't care what they do, it's Mike Brown. And what they've done for the past five years is fuck everything up. So I don't care about j- trade the pick, get like reduce the uh, amount of error as much as humanly possible. And there have been some people that have showed up back in my mentions, like you. You want to own that? And I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm good. I will take a mulligan on that tweet. Yeah, I'm good. You- the point wasn't about Joe Burrow. The point was about Mike Brown and Duke Tobin, who at the time, Duke Tobin had been terrible at his job for like four years. I mean, Aaron called uh, Evan McPherson JV Justin Tucker. So <laughs> How'd that work out? Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking all right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's looking very all right right now. I did say I was like you know I was like it'll be nice if you know maybe he can hit a couple of 50 yard field goals and I guess that's been okay <laughs> all of them <laughs> all of the 50 yard field goals right exactly everything he looks at it it's going through alright Ed are you are you like proofreading to make sure that you can read your writing for your 90 seconds sir I'm not going to be able to read Whoa, this still 60 seconds <laughs> Aaron what are you He's not gonna. I could use ninety seconds. I got. I got a lot (laughs) written here. Here we go. Count him down, Aaron. All right, sixty seconds of AW. Goodness. Ed, if you're ready. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. All right, your time starts now. All right, this week. This week, I watched AEW Dynamite. Oh, I'm with a big screen. Um, After a battle with cancer, the Hall of Famer. Uh, and the king of barbecue, Jim Ross, has returned to the booth. Love to see Jim Ross, uh, Jim Ross, as he's been a fixture in professional wrestling for many years. Uh, he has called a lot of slobber knockers and is pronounced Mick Foley dead at least 50 times. Um, one of the matches I watched was Thunder Rosa versus Jade. Here are my thoughts. Um, on the screen, on the small screen that I'm watching, Jade's manager looks like B Fox. Uh, well, Rosa has an X Men spikes on her hands. That's dangerous. Rosa's whole outfit looks like Wolverine. That's two Marvel references. I hope maybe Jeff will be happy. Every time they say Thunder, 
Uh, Thunder Rosa, I think a Ponderosa. That place absolutely sucked. JR just said Lex, a Lex Luthor reference. This is just a Marvel-sponsored match. I'm convinced of it. Um, some lady named Mercedes just attacked Rosa. I don't know. I stopped watching the match. Uh, some rumors that I've seen this week. Uh, one AEW blogger believes that Stone Cold Steve Austin could join the AEW if he's guaranteed a match against CM Punk. And JR calls it. Damn it, I had one more. Nope. It was a Tim Tebow slight. Nope. Try again next week, Ed. Thanks. I just love that he had to interject, here are my thoughts, as if they'd be anyone else's during his time that he's giving his 60 seconds. Here are my thoughts. <laughs> I wrote that. You said send it. Us out of, send us out of here, Aaron. Let's God. wrap this thing up. That was another episode of pardon the punctuation ed as always be better uh, be better but- i had 206 words written down i'm got like 150 of them now um that's not i don't even think that's good reading like some people type faster than that um for my good buddies though ed mayhall jeff howell and special guest appearance by the guy who can't stop working chad brendel Councilman's going to love that one. I'm Aaron Smith, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.